Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mark and Sarah Talk About Birds. Just kidding. We can't really talk about birds. The birds are talking too loudly for you to hear us. This is episode 57, and we're going to be going back in time for some early 90s funk, a track that I wore out on a single and had to buy a second time. Also on a single, Mark, tell us about this multi-listener request from En Vogue. Yes, so this song was requested first by a listener named Erica S., and then recently a listener named Cat G. sent us a whole bunch of requests, and this song was among them. And I thought, well, we've got two people asking for that. Clearly, I will select this as Mark's request choice, if you understand what I'm saying there. I hope you do. I don't know if I do. Anyway, (laughs) the point is that 25 years ago, almost to the week, we as Americans were grooving and shaking to En Vogue's My Lovin', You're Never Gonna Get It, which is, to this day, I feel uh, one of the better things that happened in the New Jack Swing, New Jill Swing movement. It's probably also on my list for one of the top 20 singles of this whole decade, if I may be so bold. I I think you may. I mean, it's kind of the song, it's a song where I I was really thinking about it as I was re-listening to it in preparation for this episode, and you know, a lot of songs have one iconic moment or one iconic sound, Um, things that you'll think about later, like... um, I don't know, like uh, like in Cher's Believe, you know, the sound of her auto-tuned voice. Like, that's sort of the iconic sound. En Vogue, My Love and You're Never Gonna Get It, has five or six iconic moments. Like, from the ooh, bop, to well, the thing that we're about to hear in the sample. I, I just feel like this song is so daring, even still, it sounds daring and exciting to me. Because it's all of these really idiosyncratic specific weird things that would be iconic in any other song but they're all lumped together i don't know how you feel about that sarah but that's my initial thought um i associate this very strongly with college Mm -hmm. and with the um ironic unbeknownst to us use to which we were putting it it was totally this like blasted in college while you're pre-gaming and putting um crazy eyeliner on each other uh preparing to go out get fucked up and try to get that boy who already slept with you and is now ignoring you to sleep with you again. But that'll singing, show him. Yeah, you, my love it. You're never gonna get it. Except after five cups of lukewarm Meisterbrow, you can get whatever you want because I'm 19 and I have no self-esteem. This happened to a friend. Just kidding. <laughs> it happened to me. But this song was. I don't know. It made you feel like. Um, things were possible. It made you feel like you could be a badass and be in the world. And the video is like, it's so watchable. They're all in like... Perfect. Coordinating, but not exactly matching outfits. They all look so beautiful. They are all so fierce. Um, Has this ever appeared on RuPaul's Drag Race? You know, it has not. It has appeared... This would be a tough one. Because there's so many voices. If they did a group lip sync to this song, though, it would be incredible. Oh, man. 
that needs to happen from our lips to uh, RuPaul's ears. And speaking of which, why don't we put the clip in our ears right now? Yes. That's right. Oh my I god. Mean, listen, okay, do you want to so, start? Listeners at home, let me tell you that we have altered uh, the system through which we record this podcast, starting with this episode, which allows Sarah and I to listen to the selected song clips simultaneously together much more easily. And this was the greatest clip to start that process with because I needed <laughs> I to hear that totally so badly. I totally agree. We really did need to uh, be uh, together with that clip. Um, so I yeah, chose I have, this clip. I have a lot of things. Please Yes, start. me too. Um, I was thinking a lot about what it was in this song that I wanted to excerpt. And I came kept coming back to the fact that you can't leave out the – bop part no you need to get a sense of the first person speaker of the song which is maxine but also dawn is the third person omniscient narrator so you know dawn facts (laughs) exactly like maxine is the one who's like i give to the needy not the greedy you suck but then dawn comes in and says maybe next time you'll give your woman a little respect so I wanted to make sure that we got a sense of the wronged woman and either the voice of God or the wronged woman's bestie who's actually going up to the to the man. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's almost like they're at a club together and Maxine got her heart broken. And so she's telling the guy off first. And then her sister rolls around and is like, and another thing, <laughs> you mofo. but i wanted to make sure we got that don't be making those bitch crazy faces i'm going to explain to you a few things yes and like so and you just it's just because the harmonies are so tight you can imagine that uh terry and cindy are just coming up behind them and they're like "Ooh, been told like they're all descending on this guy at the club who had the audacity to show his face when it's this lady's night and then his best friend is also there and he's like yeah you bet like <laughs> <laughs> right even donnie is Every like no nope. red honey bye <laughs> even donnie is like you know what dude you bet just um, have some seats get a bottle <laughs> think about what you did <laughs> but then of course i could not oh. excerpt a portion of this song without including and now it's time for a breakdown because when i was uh 14 which is when i was actually 13 when this song was popular uh i at first didn't really think about it one way or the other it was just on the radio but then one day i remember so specifically being in the car my mom was driving us somewhere and i really heard and now it's time for a breakdown and i thought what's so weird and it made me laugh and then the breakdown is so hot 
like the vocals on that are so sweet and i fell in love with this song ever since and actually this going back to our club narrative it makes me think about how it's donnie who's like oh and now it's time for a breakdown like yeah like let me just interrupt you here he had fully gone over to the ladies side at that point he actually stepped across the club to them yeah he's like i am not an idiot I, and the, the other thing I want to say, Sarah, before I kick it to you to ask you for your thoughts and insights, is that it's important to remember as well that when the song came out in 92, two important things were happening in pop music. One is that the nation was recovering from the Milli Vanilli scandal, and <laughs> there had been even a Perfect Strangers episode about pop stars who lip sync and don't actually sing, and... There had been a lot of questions about your Paula Abdul's, although God love her, we can realize in retrospect that it really was her voice, because who else would allow themselves to sound like that? Why would you pretend to sound like that? But anyway, there well, were a lot of... I have a note of... on that, uh, in that vein, but yes, continue, and I'll get back to it. Oh, good. Ooh, I'm excited to see what that's going to mean. Uh, there were a lot of artists who were being accused of lip syncing, and so En Vogue was specifically launched in 1990 uh, with their first single, Hold On, as a counterpoint to that they were specifically demonstrating all the time that they could sing live and in harmony also cnc music factory the martha wash scandal they were addressing all of that so by this time they were coming back with their second album and they were intentionally putting all of this complicated singing in there this is also when boys to men were breaking out so they were definitely part of that wave of overt vocal ability but then simultaneously while this song was in the chart uh, TLC's debut song, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, was on the chart. So th- this was also a moment when the girl group had a massive resurgence. Now, in the previous two or three years, you'd had Wilson Phillips, and you'd had um, uh, a group called Seduction that Michelle Visage was in, but there was really <laughs> En Vogue and TLC in, in 92 elevated the idea of the uh, the black female girl group back up into the cultural pantheon that the Supremes had left behind and the, Sh- and the Shirelles and all that. So this this song not only is great on its own, but also I think embodies a lot of cool turning point moments in early 90s pop. How's your project going, Stokes? Great. I've interviewed all the unicorns I need to, but I need to get the interviews transcribed. Uptown Transcription can do it with good rates and fast turnaround. Uptown Transcription at gmail.com. Uptown Transcription at gmail.com. Thank you, Allie. Whether you're an academic, an attorney, an author, or an artist, Shira, that's me, from Uptown Transcription can transcribe all of your recordings. For information and rates, email uptowntranscription at gmail.com. Mention Mark and Sarah talk about songs and save 10% off your first job. Some initial thoughts, Sarah. Yeah, early 90s pop was kind of a weird time because as the decade, you know, was sort of transitioning out of the like pointed artifice and bombast of the 80s into the reaction of the 90s and that sort of heavy, fun free authenticity of grunge. Right. And, and gangster all that rap. Stuff. Like, yeah. the, like the two genres that don't allow you to ever smile. 
Yeah, because um, th another single that I owned and almost wore out was Paula Abdul's duet with MC Scat Cat. Yes! As listeners rush to iTunes to unsubscribe from this podcast. One going up, I, one coming down, but we seem to land on common ground. Oh, I could drop that whole rap for you right now. I, Carry I mean, on. One of these days, maybe in our 100th episode, we should, um, <laughs> we should like out our secret music shame. Oh my god, I almost feel anyway. like we should just rank every Paula Abdul song. Anyway, okay. Or pin in there. I we'll still put a pin have in all my singles. I should just take a photograph of the box and be like, all right, <laughs> listeners, come at me. But speaking of Paula Abdul and um, that uh, authentic, unfortunately, vocal that she often gave, one of the things I love about this song is... Uh, I guess it's Maxine squawking. I'm out the dough. Yes. Like it's, it's not a good sound. And she's obviously like super emotional and pissed. And it like, it goes a little too far, but I love that about it. That she's like, I am done trying to be cool girl. This yes. This is unacceptable. Fuck you. And is super mad and can't control it in her vocal range. And they left it in, which I think is great. Yes. Because of the, contrast with that simultaneously silky and stony repeated she don't love you no way like just the like control in that vocal that it sounds very simple but it's like there's a there's so much in there there's so much in that line like it's beautifully sung it's coldly pissed it's you know, like bittersweet and rueful and but it's also like you know you're like dancing around your dorm room you know in your cropped sweater and <laughs> giant jeans <laughs> that you borrowed from your ex-boyfriend so yeah I, it's there is so much in in this song and you really did a great job of pulling a clip that got everything in there well, thank you. And, you know, it really, again, brings out the importance of the balance between the crazy vocal, the sort of shouty vocal, and then the cool girl who's like, I got you. You won't even see me open my knife before it's already in your gut. Like, that that gives the song so much excitement. And it's not just the the changing sonic background of the song, which is also very exciting, but the vocals and the vocal performances are balanced as well. And, you know, I feel like this song, because it came just in that moment before the ascendancy of grunge and uh, gangster rap, I feel like it's almost not appreciated enough now. I feel like maybe people our age remember it. Maybe. Of course we do. And it's actually probably better remembered because it is partly sung in the second Pitch Perfect movie. So there's there's like a touch of legacy around this song, but... This song should really be much more memorialized, I feel, than it is. I really feel like it's up there, certainly with anything that Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey was releasing at this period, and which is no knock against their very excellent songs from this period. But, oh, although that reminds me that when I went to the Smithsonian uh, a few months ago, it was the weekend that the uh, African American Museum opened, and it uh -huh. was way too crowded for me to get in. But they had some spillover uh, additional exhibits at the American History Museum that were from the Black History Museum and uh -huh. our African American Museum. The dresses from this video were on display <gasps> in the American History Museum. I took a photo. As they should be. Oh my gosh, that that is going to have to be our uh, 
header photo I feel on Twitter. Yeah, I have to make. Forever. I have to see if I can find that photo. I know I have it. Um, it was pretty awesome. So you know, I step because back because I was just about to say, like, on top of everything else that's going on in the song, qua the song, this is being delivered in the video in some of the most unforgiving bodycon, gold spangled spandex you've ever seen, and like they're keeping it tight in all realms both harmony yes. and bootay so yes uh that uh, is not easy to do i can't do either of those things much less at the same time no can i <laughs> <laughs> i also I just want to i want to add look that... pretty good in black spandex young man I oh well thank you sir i mean ma'am thank you sir <laughs> ma'am oh my god sorry <laughs> what's going on I, um, it's 2017. We live in a post-gender world. This is okay with it. Thank you, Peppermint. Um, <laughs> I just want to add... <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you oh. are not familiar with En Vogue, treat yourself to their, bus- to their best of album because you'll get this song. You'll get Free Your Mind, which was on the same album, Funky Divas. You'll get uh, an amazing song that they did called Don't Let Go Love, which was one of their three number two hits, including... Uh, this and hold on they never reach number one but they reach number two three times and you'll also get their possibly flawless i think is the correct word uh salt and pepper collaboration what a man so oh, in man. vogue man they yeah. gave us so much they did and i feel like this song actually like at the time i wouldn't have guessed that this song even though i put it on every like girl power mixtape for my besties for like four years I wouldn't have guessed that this would be the song that sort of like survived and Mm. maybe it isn't maybe free your mind is actually, and that was on the flip side of this cause single. I'm pretty sure I forget which was the B side, but I would have thought some other hit of theirs, like would be the lead in the obit as they say, but I, I think it might be this one. I think this is the one that has the greatest sustain because it's aged really well, actually. Oh yeah. This song is as hot today as it was then and free your mind is a really great song but the lyrical attack of free your mind feels very dated to me now yeah and well and it's right up there with um get free by vanessa williams oh my god as as seen on i believe the end of the pilot of melrose place i am old deep cuts Deep Vanessa Williams With cuts. the other Vanessa Williams. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, my God. So many Vanessa Williamses. Oh, man. So before we do a Free Your Mind, Get Free, Battle Dome episode, uh, anything else to say about this track? Uh, only that I really do agree with you that this song holds up so well. And I, I guess... It, the reason I said before that it deserves more attention is I just feel like it. Th- basically what I'm saying is this song should be a hit again. Like, can we get this song just up the charts again? I know it's 25 years old. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Like someone remix it or like Drake do something with it so that we can we can come back to it and enjoy it. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Today's theme song was written by David Gregory Byrne, and you can dig more of his shilly at davidgregoryburn.com. 
If you'd like to place an ad, request a song, or arrange for Mark, me, to read your pop chart horoscope, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at talksongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or hit up our Facebook page at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. And if you like the podcast, let us know. Leave us a positive review on iTunes or the podcast download interface of your choosing, and please download the music you hear legally. Yes. So until next time, this is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this. And this. Is Mark and is Sarah. Is Mark and Sarah. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.